0: The innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to shipstation.com and use code KARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com code KARA. Use code KARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com promo code Kara.
1: You have no idea when you first start a company how big it'll become or what it's gonna be. You're just like, I love doing this. I think it tastes great. My mom thinks it's awesome. Let's see if other people like it. (laughs) You gotta pick yourself up.
0: I believe that at its core, leadership is about constantly learning from the people around you. And I'm so inspired by the conversations we're having in our upcoming episodes and can't wait to share them with you. This season, some of my guests include Andrew Dudham, founder of HIMS, Erica Nardini, CEO of Barstool Sports, Daniel Dubois and Whitney Tingle, co-founders of Sakara Life, and much, much more. Plus, we ask the million-dollar question, What does it really take to be unstoppable? Let's find out. Hi everybody, it's Kara Golden from Unstoppable, and I'm so excited to have Kelsey Moreira here this morning with me uh, to talk a little bit about entrepreneurism, but also about her great company that she founded and is the CEO of called Dope. And you may have seen her in a few different things. You were definitely on Shark Tank, and which mm-hmm. is so cool. And you've got a great product. And even though, as I always emphasize to people, our product is about tr- not drinking sugar, I always tell people that, hey, if mm-hmm. you're going to have a little bit of a treat now and then, yes. like something like your product, that's not mm-hmm. so bad,
1: right? Responsible
0: indulgence. Responsible indulgence. And, uh, and indulgence. You know, Kelsey, just tell us a little bit about your journey. When did you start? Why did you start it? And, and just give yeah. us a little bit of an overview.
1: Uh, so I started the company in April of 2017. It was uh, 4.20 in San Francisco. And I set out to a park in Dolores Park. A lot of people listening in SF probably know it. Um, and had 100 pounds of cookie dough and went out to see if anyone was into this edible cookie dough that they could eat. And sure enough, on that day, lots of people were interested in having some dessert. Some of them we had to remind it's not edible in that context, but edible in that it's safe to eat. So it's an eggless recipe. Um, I wasn't always a food company person. Um, I've always been a foodie and lover of uh, trying different foods and baking. But um, I spent 10 years working in tech and uh, had spent a lot of time until I started 16 years old as an intern. And um, yeah, had a really intense childhood diving right into you know corporate America at 16. Um, I didn't really get a chance to be a normal high school kid. So the stress of life in, uh, in corporate America led me to a really unhealthy relationship with alcohol. But when I got sober in 2015, I rediscovered my passions for baking and really passions for everything I love in life. I had, was totally on coast mode before. And when I got sober, it was just like, what makes Kelsey, Kelsey? And a big part of that is desserts. If anyone knows me, I've got like the biggest sweet tooth in the world. So, uh, finding a way to make desserts, my life was, was my new mission. And I quit my job and started dope in April of 17 and on we went serving edible and bakeable cookie dough uh, to the masses.
0: I love how you you just shared that you took it to a local park, Dolores Park in, in San Francisco. And so did you know when you went over to Dolores Park, like you were going to launch this product or were you actually kind of trying to like get consumers reactions to it? Or...
1: Yeah. A bit of like test the waters. Like, I mean, it was February of 17 when I first had this idea that, man, I'd been baking vegan for almost two years then. Since I got sober, I tried out like, what if I removed everything from my life? So I tried being a vegan. So when I was baking, I was using this substitute for raw eggs, but still using butter. I love butter way too much to ditch that. And so I had this decadent thing and I was just like, maybe people would like this. You know, everyone loves cookie dough. There's all these different recipes of trying to like, you know make like a cookie dough cake or cookie dough cupcakes. And I thought like, instead of digging for the nuggets and the ice cream, maybe people would want like a whole scoop of it. And so that day at Dolores was really, um, yeah, let's test the market. It was my first day of sabbatical with Intel. You get, uh, paid time off for doing a certain amount of years there. So after 10 years, I was taking a 10 week vacation and I just thought, man, there's no better time to like try a business out and see if it works than with, you know, somewhat of the safety net of like, if it doesn't work out, I could still go back to Intel, but, Um, yeah, at the end of those 10 weeks, it was like, I can't come. I have like three events today. (laughs) I've got to put in my two weeks notice. This is, this is going to be it for me. So yeah, it just, you have no idea when you first start a company, how big it will become or what it's going to be. You're just like, I love doing this. I think it tastes great. My mom thinks it's awesome. Let's see if other people like it.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Did you know when you were at a lot you were you mentioned you were at Intel? Did you know that, you know, one day you were gonna go be an entrepreneur? Or were you just sort of Mm -hmm. like, you know, I mean, in my case, I was just I I never said to myself, I'd always grown up around entrepreneurs, but I never, you know, said one day I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. And I feel I think it's always such an interesting question because Half the people I meet are like, oh, yes, I always knew, you know, I was just going to go do, you know, some time in a larger company. And then eventually I was going to launch my own company. I mean, in my case, I'm curious on yours. I feel like how often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined Too, Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. To subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year.
1: I certainly grew up with the models and examples of like, you just go to school, you get a good job, you work at that job forever, and like things are great. You know, I had two parents that. They lost their, their jobs in the recession, but otherwise it had always been, you know, he's like 13 years in residential home building. My mom had been a banker for a long time. And so it was just sort of this like, yeah, you go and get like the steady thing. I didn't have really any like entrepreneur role models in my family to look out of like, oh, they went and built their, their own thing. Great business people. But my mom was like getting her master's when I was like eight years old or something. So she's super smart and sharp. And I never had the women can't be in business kind of like model. I totally thought like, I'm going to kick ass but being an entrepreneur wasn't like uh, what I thought I would do. I knew I loved like what I was doing at Intel. I loved working and I loved you know, the marketing side of things. And, uh, I always just felt like too fast for Intel. I guess it was just like, I felt like I wasn't going to ever get the full, like my full potential out. And when I had started as an intern, they'd give me like some set of tasks. And then that afternoon I was like, okay, like, here you go. Like what's next? And they're like, we thought that was going to take you like two weeks. Like, what do you mean you're done? You know, cause I just like was so hungry for it, but I, I had sparks of like entrepreneurial dreams when I was a little younger, you know, wanting, just wanting to like go and do my own thing. I was babysitting when I was like 12 with business cards and like a pamphlet. I'd go around door to door, like telling people why well, I'd be a great babysitter. So I had a little bit of that, but Once I got into the real world, it was like, no, you just get your job, you go and you do it. And uh, eventually, once I had sort of that clarity of sobriety, I was like, hmm, I don't think this is going to be enough forever. I need a little bit more, a little more action, a little more fun.
0: So the next step after Dolores Park was what? I mean, people always ask me, like, how do I actually, I have this idea, I think people are going to like it, I've tested it with friends and family, now what? Like, Like, how did you get out of the gate at that point?
1: yeah. Um so I had built this little catering cart so it's like a wooden cart for 500 bucks at some like wood shop in Soma and uh that was that day one just like I wanted some neat service vehicle something like people might want to take a picture in front of or something it would look uh more attractive than like having a table so I had that and I thought well now that this like one day has worked um I can lean into catering like there's tons of tech companies in SF and uh lots of places that would want you know some dessert treat so that's sort of where it first began, um, was doing the catering circuit. And then I reached out like the day after Dolores, I wrote spark social. It's a food park in, um, in San Francisco and told them, you know, I have this cookie dough company. Like, would you guys be interested? And, uh, they wrote back in like two hours and we're like, we love cookie dough. This is such a great idea. Like, when can you start? And I'm like, oh crap! like, how do you run a business? Like, what do I need? What licenses would I need to do this? And like, What would it even look like? So it all just like came really quickly from there of figuring out what final licenses I would need to operate there and what kind of setup I would do. So I stuck with my catering cart, had like a backup table for extra dough and got a little pop-up tent. And I used to take, I just didn't have a vehicle when I was living in SF. So I'd have like an Uber XL pull up outside of my apartment, have hauled all the equipment down to the lobby, like load it all in that car, go to the event, set up work the like four hour, five hour shift uh, at the event, and then like load back in another lift like Excel uber Excel, whatever, and go back so that was seven days a week for the first two months, I was alone, no employees, uh, and i 'd make all the dough in Oakland at a commercial kitchen that I had found, so just like going into stuff with the most positive attitude that you 're going to make it happen, and like you know people are going to say yes you 're going to get the help you need, and like it really worked out in the beginning because that commercial kitchen had like a three month wait list but I was so passionate about what I was doing and, you know, she wanted to give me a chance and like bump me up to the top to get in. So, um, yeah, I was making all the dough like once a week going over and making a hundred pounds or so, and then coming back and doing a few more days at the, the park and the catering. But I had one week where I had like seven events in a row, just every single day back to back. And, um, I, the next week had no events and I'm like, I can't, if I'm running like the service every day, I can't keep growing the business. So that's when I finally got a couple of employees and, and grew it from there to end up getting some physical storefronts and starting to put our toes in the water on e-commerce and what that would look like. So it was shipping, you know, just these, like, I think I was using deli containers back in the day, like the eight ounce deli container filled with dough and people could order online, but Early days, it was more just like my cousin in Ohio, you know, wanting to try it and stuff like that. Um, But e-commerce has been really incredible for us now. So it it's it's, just all starts with those little inklings of maybe this would work.
0: So did you have at what were you doing at Intel?
1: I was a product manager. Yeah, product marketing engineer for some of the years. It's a term that they have for kind of being the liaison between what engineering teams are capable of and what the customers and the market wants, and trying to drive a product roadmap. So. Um, I worked for most of my time at Intel on enterprise stuff. So big, big business, um, business, business stuff. And then I I ended it with the Internet of Things, did like two years in that group, which was really cool about like, how are we getting the world connected, all the information coming off of sensors and how that could benefit different industries. And I had one year, which led a lot of the philanthropic stuff that we do with Dope. Uh, One of my last years was in diversity and inclusion at Intel, working on an online harassment campaign against online harassment to use machine learning to detect it online I know you're big on Twitter so I'm sure you see a lot of the chaos that happens on there and um, yeah it was a look at like what could we do with technology to drive change in that space and give people an option for a more like stress-free environment online when they want it not necessarily censorship but like those options to like hey if I don't want to go through this or experience this you'd have that that chance And we were partnering with a bunch of nonprofits working in the space. So just cool to see like how many people out in the world have dedicated their life to trying to just do good and make the world better. And uh, yeah, I was really inspired by that to see besides just serving you a scoop of cookie dough, how could I make things a little happier for you? That's awesome. So I feel like you've
0: just had this journey of just, you know, lots of different things sort of kind of splattered into, you know, your your overall journey, but you know, the e-commerce very much self-taught. I mean, you've just kind of figured it out. Right. And I, I mean, so many people say to me, I mean, 40% of our overall business is direct to consumer. And so many people say to me, like, how did you know how to do it? And I actually Mm -hmm. had some experience at AOL running a group there, but what do you think is sort of like the most important thing for people to do? Like, where do you start with e-commerce? Where did you start just in did you set up your own store? Did you go through Amazon? Mm-hmm. What do you think is kind of the best um, for people?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've had a big uh, learning experience in the last couple of months. We transitioned to Shopify, mm-hmm. and if I could go way back, I would have. I would say to anyone, start on Shopify or like advanced platform. Um, Shopify has it's kind of like that first to market stuff where they've gotten so big so quickly that all of the third party integrations that you want are just seamless through there. They've made a lot of stuff easy with even turning on some buttons for the paid advertisements. If you're not at the space to pay for a professional agency to run it, there's a lot of self-serve stuff on there. When I first got started, I built my website on Weebly drag and drop. So simple, you know, like that's what you need in the early days. Um, is just like something that's going to walk you through it instead of trying to learn how to code or maybe, you know, using funds to go and get a web developer in the beginning. So whatever website works for you, I think finding a tool that's like an easy DIY, because you're going to need to make all the changes yourself in the the early times and like what's easy to fulfill orders and contact your customers. And you just want to make sure you're starting yourself off on the right foot with the right tool. The rest of it, I just Googled the hell out of it. You know, it's like Google's your best friend with some of that, figuring out how to optimize like the packaging and how we should wrap things like the insulation that's going to be needed. You know, your product doesn't have to be cold when it ships, but if I don't think about that, someone's going to get a pool of butter in their jar. Right. And so that was kind of some extra considerations of like, what are those right ways you do a little testing, like order from similar competitors and see how they're packaging their product. Um, that gave me a lot of, uh, you know, insights on what didn't work in some cases and what I thought was helpful for others, um, both in like the information you provide in the package, like really think through what that experience is going to be like for your customer opening it. Too many companies just go, "Ah, okay, here's a box there, put the product in. That's it. But like the little details, like think about those packages you've gotten where it had the like extra wrapper on the top and it's sealed with the sticker or like whatever your brand elements are, like making sure that comes through. Like we have a warning label on the outside of our box that looks like kind of like a perishable warning label. So it's like, warning, ridiculously good cookie dough inside. So you can play around with it and like try and, um, yeah, get stuff that screams your brand even from the outside of the box, because like that postman could be my customer. So absolutely, I want him to look us up. No, I love, yeah.
0: I love that. So in addition to sort of trying something, I mean, it, it's crazy to think that e-commerce is new, but there's so many food and beverage companies that really you know, haven't even dipped their toe into it. And I'm such yeah. a huge believer in really understanding who your customer is and all the benefits of, you know, being able to grow your business that way, as well as, you know, offline as well. But I think it's really about, you know, there's there's benefits to sort of having a, you know, a little bit of both in, or, or a lot of both in, in, in order to make up your overall sales. One other thing that you did that I I think you became somewhat famous for, uh, at least in in my mind, was uh, you went on Shark Tank. So, talk to me a little bit about that. Like, how did that happen? I mean, I think so many people talk about, like, oh, if I could just get on Shark Tank. I mean, how how did that happen? How did it go? And, you know, what was micro famous? Yeah, what was your (laughs) overall experience with it? And what do you think it ultimately did for you?
1: Yeah. Um, so I went like the tried and true route. I stood in line at an open casting call in San Francisco for like three hours, showed up at like 6am and sat on the curb next to like, you know, someone wanting to sell like a crazy, like motorized, uh, water boat and another person who had like safe sunglasses for kids or something, you know, people just have all these ideas and you're just like one of the lot, you know, sitting there hoping that your idea and that your pitch is going to stick. Um, had my bag of, you know, cookie dough and uh, little insert cards and photos and stuff I was gonna show them. And um, yeah, you had 90 seconds to pitch why you'd be the best entrepreneur to go on. And when I went in, the producer Mindy came by the table and she's been their producer, like uh, going through the casting producer for all the seasons. And she picks up a tub of the dough and like starts eating it. And it's like, oh my gosh, like this is so good. You know, 90 seconds has already totally passed by. Like I'm still there answering questions. She's like, I tried the one and, you know, uh, on the East coast and this is so much better. And I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. It's like three minutes in and, you know, they don't tell you yes or no at that moment, but I sure left there being like, okay, this seems pretty good and got the call back. And they asked for like, I think it was like four or five more rounds, like phone interviews, video submissions, like quick video of what your on-stage pitch would be um, for the final filming. And then you get told like, okay, you're going to be filmed. I think I found out the beginning of August of 18 and it was September 13th that I would be filmed. And September 14th was my sobriety anniversary. So it was a cool, like universal things lining up, like, man, like things are really working out from this choice that I made. So uh, yeah, I got filmed that day and it aired in May of 19. So went on. I have literally never been so sure I would pee my pants except for the moments before those doors opened. It's like the nerves are just incredible. Um, I was standing there and I'm, you know, alone. I was a solo founder and they count down from like 50, it seems like, until they open the door. So you're just like about to pass out, but the doors open and I just thought, you know, I've prepared my whole life for this. Wait, wait so where were they? Uh, it's in LA. Oh, it's in LA. Okay. Yeah, in LA, like giant warehouse, you know, you see this living room set in a hallway and it's like, like 100 foot ceilings or something. But yeah, that, the doors open up and I hit that mark and you have to awkwardly stare at the sharks for like 30 seconds so they can capture all of your like serious thinking yeah. faces. So that's a little nerve wracking. And then they yell begin and yeah, I did my pitch and I was in there for an hour and 15 minutes and you only see like eight minutes on TV. So pretty crazy. But it was a really cool experience. I mean, I got to share that I was sober on TV and that that kind of journey and people reaching out from there was just awesome. We had this woman write in who said she had lost her son to the disease of addiction in February. And for some reason, the only show she can tolerate is Shark Tank and seeing Kelsey felt like a message from her son. And like, she's just so grateful that I was out there sharing, you know, my journey. And I just felt like, man, if nothing else happens this year, like at least like that one person felt a little, a little warmer with what she's going through and yeah, reinvigorated me to keep doing what I'm doing. We touched a lot of people sharing that, that work, So yeah, my story and what we do with Dope for Hope is worthwhile.
0: So <laughs> although you didn't ultimately get the sharks, you, well, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you ended up getting, I mean, talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Yeah, I think like uh, going on Shark Tank is just like great for the exposure of it. And in some people's cases, they actively go on. They're not wanting to get a deal because they can be quite by the name Sharky and uh, take more than, a, than they, they really should. Um, when you can get capital elsewhere, I had 123 investors write me after it aired, um, but I had also already gotten investment um, just a couple of months after filming. So we got the money that we needed to open the store in Vegas It's like, no matter, you know, how many no's you get, I was totally crushed when I left the show, you know, like hysterics thinking like, how did this happen? How did they say no? And of all things, like, how do they say no over it not being healthy for you? You know, it was like, uh, at the end of the day, just like you and I have spoken about like it's dessert, like have your kale salad for lunch and have some dessert. But yeah, picked myself back up and kept going on the fundraising trail and got the money that I needed for that store. And here we are quite a bit later and the store's still kicking. We got dope day on March 16th in Las Vegas uh, for that store's grand opening. So that's awesome. It's a good Who time. was Who was the nicest shark? I think Robert, I mean, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, and he just said so many nice things about my skills as an entrepreneur. And like, he's like, if this were any other product I would invest, cause I'd invest in you, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Just, um, really complimentary. And yeah, I follow him on Instagram and stuff. So big fan of his, if he's listening, call me. And you know, <laughs> we can do a healthy dope line. It's,
0: it's interesting because you just never know where those, I mean, you know, five years from now, mm-hmm. you have no idea, like they'll show up in your store in Vegas and you know, it's yeah. just, it's, I feel like it's all part of the story and it happened for a reason. And yeah, it's such a yeah, I mean, the number of people who would love to be on Shark Tank and you actually got on there. I mean, it's, it, it's yeah, terrific. the odds
1: are insane. Yeah, there's like 42,000 people that apply every season. Is that and right? like 100, 120 people get filmed. Yeah, that's great. So the odds are, great. are like or something. Uh, It was pretty surreal. Super, super cool for sure. So
0: you also shared with me that this morning you got an award for uh, one of 40 under 40 in Las Vegas. So you moved your company from San Francisco to Las Vegas. I should mention that as well. Yeah. And, uh, and so, well, congratulations. That's so huge. And, yeah. Uh, and awesome. that in addition to one of Forbes 30 under thirties, uh, so you're just racking them up all uh people <laughs> what you're doing, which is super, super cool. So what do you think yeah. is the, you know, the key thing that like, why do you feel like people are, what is it that you're doing that people are seeing that, you know, they, they you know recognize you for I mean what yeah what's
1: different yeah like when people are yeah.
0: you know they're starting a business I mean what do you think is you talked a little bit yeah. about your social aspect um you know social good aspect I should say yeah um, but also your social media aspect I mean what do you think are sort of key components today in kind of building and actually being recognized
1: yeah um I think it's in part just giving a shit, you know, like doing something that you care about. Like you have a lot of passion around why you're doing what you're doing with uh, clean water and with me and, and dope trying to make the world a little sweeter at its core is, is what we're all about. So I think the recognition has come from my work around mental health and addiction recovery and trying to make a world in which we can really talk about what's really going on or has gone on in our lives and not have it as this like cloud of shame. The stats behind how many people are going through troubles with uh, mental health or uh, battles with substance abuse are just astronomical. And the more we sit around and pretend like everything's fine and it's all like rosy and all this, I think I built a brand that started from the decision to be open about what's really real and being raw, um, both in our dough and our conversation is, is powerful. And I think people are really craving more authenticity with brands. So you mentioned social media, like that's been a large place for us to, uh, just have more of that transparent, you know, conversation with customers and be on there, like a real human and, um, not talk like a sales engine all the time. And yeah, try and try and be a little more real and having, you know, some people, I I talked to some entrepreneur friends who are afraid to put themselves at the forefront of the brand. And it's like, but at the end of the day, like that's you, that's what people want to see. They want to see why this company exists. And, um. Yeah they want you to have a great product that's good for the world tastes good and all those things but yeah wanting to lead with you know your story or share why you're doing it is is inspirational and exciting to people so I think dope's having the biggest impact uh, the big impact that we are because We're trying to to give back. So I can tell you guys, you a little bit about Dope for Hope. It's kind of the overarching initiative at Dope to give back around mental health and addiction recovery. We have fundraising efforts for nonprofits that work in the space. I'm a big believer that like, you don't have to go and recreate the wheel. There's already people going. So I just want the wheel to move faster. So we raise funds and our customers get to come in and vote for which nonprofit they'd like to receive the funds from their their purchase of uh, Dope for Hope. We've got mental health policies for our staff. So for any other entrepreneurs employers out there, trying to treat your staff like humans is really powerful. We give all of our staff, uh, you know, working with a, a retail storefront, we have hourly staff who, you know, occasionally just can't do it. You just can't come as your full self to work that day. And so we give two mental health days per employee and that's per year. So they can come in and have that Call us and have that opportunity to say, look, I just, I can't do it today. And without financial penalty, we'll do what it takes to cover their shift. So that helps open up just like a much more realistic dialogue between employer and employee and let them know that, you know, we care. Um, We also fund mental health certification and suicide prevention courses for our staff. And then the last thing is our pledge online. So, anybody out there, you guys can go to dope.com and sign the um, Dope for Hope pledge. And it just says you'll agree to be more real in the world and speak up when you need help and be there for a friend when they need you um, and spread a little bit more awesomeness. So, you can sign that and, and share it online with others. But yeah, I think that stuff's kind of what makes it a little more than cookie dough. That's like, I awesome. sell dough, but the real reason I'm out here is to try and make people a little more
0: authentic. Well, I think so much of your personality comes through on, you know, not just interviewing you, but also just in your brand. I mean, everything from the yeah. titles of your cookies, the ride or die, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, is one of my favorite yeah. ones and uh, Monster, Cookie Monster and stuff. It's really, yeah. it's super, super <laughs> great. So I feel like I was always saying-
1: but hiring a marketing person is going to be the hardest task that I have. Cause like the brand is Kelsey. Yeah. Like, the voice yeah. is so me. It's tough to um, yeah. Any entrepreneur that's really like into building their brand. It's very hard to hire someone that can like emulate that voice. Shout out to Connor. She's doing my social media lately. She's doing a great job.
0: Yeah, No, it's great. <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's at every stage you start to, you know, get to a point where we actually yeah. just, we've had, Heads of marketing, VPs of marketing, but we just recently hired our first CMO into the company 14 years later, because that was a hat that I, you know, wore and still wear. I mean, it's still very much, you know, my vision, it's a a huge (laughs) hat, but we want it to get bigger and, and grow the brand and really be able to, yeah. And also allow me to, you know, do different innovation in the company to actually Mm -hmm. bring the brand into you know more categories and more places, and yeah, no, it's great. So, how about you? Only
1: have a few more years till fourteen yeah. years. in. <laughs> yeah. so you're telling me I get a CMO in eleven years. So what? So
0: how about you? In, in uh, what? Twelve years from now? What's or or less than that? Eleven years, right? Because you started in 2017. Yeah. So eleven years yeah. from now, what's
1: uh, Kelsey going to be doing? What what is Dope going to be all about? If I'm running at the same pace I'm running right now, I hope that I'm on a beach somewhere relaxing <laughs> um, and, and eating yeah. dope,
0: right? <laughs> so, eating some dope yeah.
1: for sure. Yeah, I think um, like the evolution of dope over the next, you know, even few years is going to be really interesting to see how else we can get this product out. Like I think when I first started, it was like this concept of oh, you can eat cookie dough raw, you know. With- really new, no one else was really doing this. And now there are a lot of competitors in the space. So just the constant evolution of like, what's going to make dope different, um, beyond, you know, our give back initiatives and like the brand itself, how else can we package it? What other audiences could we be serving? There's some really cool stuff in the works on that end. I love it. That's so great.
0: So where can people find you as well as dope? Uh, can you give a shout out for your address and all that kind of stuff?
1: Totally. For one, if anyone's coming through Las Vegas, we got the best party on the Strip. Come by the Dope Cookie Dough Bar. Uh, we're inside Miracle Mile Shops, okay. and it is uh, in Planet Hollywood. So um, right across from the Cosmopolitan, a lot of people that like Dope end up staying there, so it's a good good placement. And we've got a vending machine in the front, so 24-7 access to cookie dough if you uh, come after hours from the store. Uh, but you can also order online. We ship nationwide, coast to coast. It's dope.com. That's D O U G H P.com. And we're at eat dope on everything. So you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, eat dope. And I'm at, uh, Kels Morera uh, or Moreira, <laughs> Kels Moreira six on Instagram. Um, I think I'm Kelsey underscore Moreira on, uh, on Twitter, who knew this last name was so popular? It's taken on everything. I've had to do different variations. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So great. Well,
0: hopefully, we'll get to see you. Uh, will you be going to Expo down in in March?
1: Yeah, I just got um, a request to speak at it, actually on a mental health panel. Oh, that's um, great. Kind of, yeah, taking care of yourself in entrepreneurship and and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I'm following up with some of the folks from New Hope on that. But hopefully, I'm there. Are you guys going to be out there?
0: We we have a booth there every year. So yeah. So you should definitely, if you don't have a booth, you should definitely walk the show and come see what's going on. Yeah, for
1: sure. You can come hang out at the Hint booth if you'd like. So hundred percent. I'll have like a little bag of dope jars. We'll just hand them out in the corner. So
0: fun. That's so, (laughs) that's that's so great. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much. And uh, everybody go on and order dope and Dig in yeah and dig in and <laughs> your hint water to just wash it yeah. down it's, it, it's so good together so that's awesome thanks so much all right
1: thanks everybody have a dope day
0: if you like what you heard please help spread the word and leave us a review you can also follow along with me on facebook instagram twitter and linkedin at kara golden Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Please talk to me at Kara Golden on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, be unstoppable. unstoppable.